podcast. My name is Ryan Furman. I'm a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. The website is mainlyplants.com, social media at mainlyplants. Uh, get a hold of me there through the website, or you can email me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. So, uh, man, uh, happy Kwanzaa, happy Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy early New Year. Um, New Year is in just a couple days, and for all of you who are waiting for the New Year to start before you make the switch or the transition to a whole food plant-based diet, um, might as well start now, right? It's an extra two days you'll have on everybody else, and an extra two days you'll get on that summer body. It's not too late to carve that summer body. So, um, you know, instead of uh, waiting a couple days, switch now. Or at least start now. You know, you can if you're the kind of person who wants to uh, to slowly phase stuff out and phase in the healthy stuff. Just uh, don't order that cheeseburger tonight and do the veggie burger instead. On uh, New Year's Eve, instead of going for the champagne and beer, I know it's hard. Uh, you can switch, opt for the whiskey and the uh, the straight alcohol with you know locale mixers. So, real quick, your worst options on New Year's Eve to drink. Are gonna be, and it's this is. I mean, you know, I'm more concerned about what you have the rest of the year than what you have between you know Christmas and and New Year's because everybody's kind of splurging a little bit. But you know, wine, champagne, and beer are gonna be the worst things for you, along with with sugary mixes for alcohol. If you're looking to keep keep the calories low, looking to keep it as lean as possible, do your vodka, your whiskey, your gin, your straight alcohols. With things like LaCroix, which is uh, a, I think they describe it as an essence of flavored sparkling water. Or you can just do sparkling water and squeeze some some uh, lemon or some lime in there. Maybe a little uh, ginger if you want. But the, the straight alcohol is going to be the best bet with those low-calorie mixers. You can also thank me later because they give less of a hangover. So a little pro tip right there. I hate when people say pro tip, but I just did it. So this week, you know, I was thinking about doing the usual, you know, New Year's resolution bullshit kind of podcast, but you've heard it all before. You know what the deal is. I'm not a big fan on New Year's resolutions anyway, because I think that if you have the idea to do it, you should just start it when you have the idea and not wait months till the January 1st to do it. You should start shit as soon as it pops into your head, if that's what you want to do. So this week, we're talking about the acid base balance, okay? Now, dietary acid, the amount of dietary acid in something is determined by the balance of acid-inducing foods and alkaline or base-forming foods. Now, animal protein is generally more acid-forming because it tends to have higher levels of sulfur-containing amino acids, such as uh, one called uh, methionine, which produces sulfuric acid when it's metabolized in the body. Now, let's kind of go back to basics here with animal protein. Now, adults require about 0.8 to 0.9 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. Kilogram is 2.2 pounds. So 0.8, 0.9 grams of protein per 2.2 pounds that you weigh. Now, you might be asking yourself if you're new to the podcast, does it matter if that's from animals or plants? And the answer is a resounding yes. If you've heard the podcast before and you know what I'm about, this is not a surprise to you. The adverse effects associated with long-term high-protein, high-meat diets, 
may include disorders of bone and calcium balance, which is kind of what we're talking about with the acid-base uh, balance in your body, as, long, as well as other things like you know increased cancer risk, liver disorders, coronary artery disease, artery disease, and a whole host of other diseases and disorders, right? Now, ancient human diets, like, our, like the great apes who still are around, largely consisted of plants. Now, fruits and vegetables are generally base-forming, which helps neutralize acids in our body. So these the great apes and our ancient ancient human diets likely produced more base than acid in the kidneys of our ancestors. Now humans evolved eating these alkaline or base forming diets over millions of years. Now most contemporary diets on the other hand produce acid in excess. So when you're talking about your typical western diet, your typical standard american diet, even diets over in places like Europe and beyond, you know, removing blue zones, removing Mediterranean diet, but the, the average American diet, at least, that's what I know because I live in America, produce acid in excess. Now, this switch from base to acid-forming diets can help explain our epidemic of kidney diseases. Now, in 2014, there was an analysis done of those diets and kidney function of more than 12,000 Americans, and it found that a high, high, higher dietary acid load was associated with significantly higher risk of protein leakage into urine, which is an indicator of kidney damage. Now let's bump back a little bit, okay? Let's talk about, go back to, to the animal proteins. Now, Harvard University researchers followed thousands of healthy women for more than a decade to look at, uh, for the presence of excess protein in their urine, uh, a sign, like I said, that your kidneys might be starting to fail. Now, the researchers found three dietary components associated with the sign of declining, declining kidney function, animal protein, animal fat, and cholesterol. Now, each is found in only one place, and that is animal products. No association was found between kidney function decline and intake, intake of plant protein or plant fat. Now, kidney disease ranks as the ninth leading cause of death in the United States. Uh, what may be some foods to avoid in order to keep our kidneys healthy are things that are, are uh, toxic in metal contamination. Uh, Alpha-gal, there's something called new G5C, uh, advanced glycation and uh, products, which are called ages. Meat, including poultry and processed meat, sugar, high-fat meals. These should all be avoided to maintain kidney health. Now, similarly... Intake of betel nuts or star fruit can potentially shut down the kidneys. And the safety of chamomile tea for those with kidney disease has not yet been established. So there are some plants to avoid in order to, to uh, prolong kidney health, especially if you're at risk already. Uh, high temper cooking can also create uh, kidney cancer-causing carcinogens. Wow, say that 10 times fast. Kidney cancer-causing carcinogens. Now, staying well hydrated, consuming phytates. Now, if you remember, phytates are found in things like beans, nuts, seeds, and grains. And plant-based diets, in general, may help reduce kidney stone risk. Now, those with, with kidney stones for certain should be cautious about eating things like nutritional yeast, turmeric, and beets. 
Now, to eliminate uric acid kidney stones, drinking at least 10 cups of water per day and reducing animal protein and salt intake should do the trick. Now, overall, plant-based diets appear to boost kidney health. Like I said, there are some things that you might want to lim uh, limit your intake on if you are at risk for it. But in general, a plant-based diet helps your kidneys out. Plant-based fiber-rich diets may also protect against kidney and other cancers, reduce the, the risk of childhood prediabetes, which can lead to kidney damage and diabetes, which is the, co uh, the top cause of kidney failure. So it's really no surprise that a plant-based diet can be used to both prevent and treat kidney failure, which is pretty astounding if you ask me. Now, getting back to the acid-base thing. Acid-inducing diets are believed to impact the kidney through what's called tubular toxicity, which is damage to the tiny, delicate urine-making tubes in the kidneys. Now, to buffer the excess acid formed by your diet, kidneys produce ammonia, which is a base and can neutralize some of that acid. Now, counteracting the acid is beneficial in the short term, but over the long run, all that extra ammonia in the kidneys has been shown to have a toxic effect. Now, the decline in kidney function over time may be a consequence of a lifetime of ammonia production. So your, your kidneys are constantly producing this ammonia to help, uh, to help balance out all the acid in your system. Kidneys may start to deteriorate in your 20s, but by the time we reach our 80s, we might be down to half capacity. Now, the chronic low-grade metabolic acidosis attributed to a meat-rich diet can help explain why people eating plant-based diets appear to have superior kidney function and why various plant-based diets seem to be so successful in treating chronic kidney failure. Now, under normal circumstances, a vegetarian diet alkalinizes the kidneys, whereas a non-vegetarian diet carries an acidic load, and that's just a vegetarian diet. Uh, extrapolate that for a, a whole, whole food plant-based diet. It's going to completely completely alkalize the kidneys. Okay, So a non-vegetarian, non-whole food plant-based diet, just your standard diet, standard American diet, where you're eating animal products, is basically just very high in acid load. And your body's trying to constantly counteract that. Your body constantly wants to be in homeostasis, constantly wants to be balanced. So in order to do that, in order to, to really mitigate that the best you possibly can, a whole food plant-based diet is in fact the best way to do it. You can also have things like smart waters. Uh, I think that's actual brand of smart water, just, just uh, alkalinized water. Okay, you can go to any grocery store, go to the water aisle, and you can find alkaline water, which is basically a water with a pH in the alkaline area, the base area. A lot of people find that health, uh, helpful. It is kind of expensive, so I mean, I guess you can you can do a little bit of that and also do your whole food plant based diet. Now, if people are unwilling to reduce their meat consumption, they should be encouraged at least to eat more fruits and vegetables to balance out that acid load. Now, researchers have found that giving people fruits and vegetables not only offered similar protections to baking soda, um, you can actually get baking soda pills, uh, to help neutralize excess acid, but had the added advantage of lowering the subject's blood pressure. Now, the number one risk factor for death in the world 
in the entire world is high blood pressure. And that's according to the Global Burden of, of Disease Study, which is the most comprehensive and systematic analysis of the causes of death ever undertaken. Okay, so the number one risk factor in the world for death is high blood pressure. Not talking about guns, not talking about uh, heroin, uh, anything, you, you name it. Car accidents, plane crashes, doesn't matter. The number one killer is high blood pressure. Now, it's also known as hypertension. And high blood pressure reportedly lays waste to 9 million people worldwide every year. It kills so many people because it may contribute to deaths from a variety of causes, including aneurysms, heart attacks, kidney failures, um, heart failure, and stroke. Okay, so you hear me keep bringing up kidneys because the acid-base balance in your body greatly affects your kidneys. Now, increased blood pressure may put a strain on the heart and damage the sensitive blood vessels in our eyes and kidneys causing bleeding in the brain and even lead to certain arteries to balloon and rupture. Now, the fact that hypertension is able to damage so many organ systems and increase the risk of heart disease and stroke, which are two of the leading killers, explains why it's the number one killer risk factor worldwide. Now, as you age, your blood pressure tends to get higher and higher. Now, is high blood pressure like wrinkles or gray hair? Is it just an inevitable consequence of aging? There's nothing really can really do about it. Well, we've known for nearly a century that that's just not true. Now, based on studies of populations uh, in areas like rural China, where average blood pressure has remained around the ideal of 110 over 70 their entire lives. Now, their plant-based diets may have played a factor given that uh, the only population in the Western world that enjoys such a low average blood pressure are those eating strictly plant-based. So, high blood pressure is a choice. I don't care what anybody tells you. You can continue eating your standard American diet, which is going to you know, cause your arteries to rupture, or we can choose to take off the pressure, no pun intended, by centering our diet around unprocessed plant foods, a whole food plant-based diet. Now, basically, you're just eating for health. You're eating so you don't have to take drugs. You're eating so you don't have to go under the knife. You're eating so you don't have to you know, go in for heart surgery at the age of 50. All these things are options, right? Kidney health, getting back to kidneys and acid-base balance, it's, it's, it's not something that is just luck of the draw. You are manipulating your body either for good or for bad. So when you eat you know, a steak and cheese and seafood and all the things that you see commercials for on TV for, you know, enjoy a steak and lobster for $8.99 from Applebee's, where the fuck it is, you're making the conscious decision to, one, increase the acid in your body and therefore, you know, damaging your organs like your kidneys, but also a whole host of other effects, right? I mean, you've heard me talk about it at the podcast a million times, cancer heart disease, diabetes, uh, Alzheimer's, all that kind of stuff. So it's a conscious decision that you're making. Either you are eating for your health or you're eating for disease. Now, you'll hear a lot of people say uh, moderation, everything in moderation, including moderation, meaning that once in a while you should splurge. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that once you rewire your brain to like those healthy foods, to like 
the whole food plant-based diet, there really is no great reason to cheat. There's no great reason to splurge. And even just splurging once can cause damage to your body. And I'm not saying you can't repair that damage, but I, I mean, I guess you have to think about, do you want to damage your body and then have to repair it? I mean, think about it this way. You have a wall in your house, right? And let's say every, let's say people, what, how, how often do people have cheat meals? You hear them talk about it like weekly, right? Let's say once a week, you take your fist or a hammer and you put a hole in that wall. And then the next day you go and repair that wall. And the next week you go and put another hole in that wall and then you repair it. Well, eventually your wall is just going to be made up of repair. And it's not going to be, it's not like how it is with bones, where if you break a bone, it grows back stronger. Um, you're breaking your body down and you're constantly having to repair it and then breaking it down and constantly repairing it. And it's a lot of strain and stress that your body is just not designed for. Your body's not designed to constantly be counteracting the damage that you're doing to it. The body is an amazing tool for healing. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's, it's for healing things that come on more naturally, right? So let me back up. Let's say you do have diabetes. Let's say you've abused your body through diet, through, through sloth, through just lack of exercise for decades. Your body will, has the ability to heal. But that doesn't mean you heal it and then go and fuck it up again. It means you heal it and then you stay healthy. So, you know, when you go out and you're working in the yard and you, you know, drive a, a nail through your, your toe, your body can heal it. But that doesn't mean you should keep driving nails through your toe. You don't want to keep damaging your body. You want to do what you can to eat for health. Okay, you're going to set your body up for success. And not only that, but when you eat healthy and your body is in a, in a healthy state, you reap so many other rewards. You have more energy. You sleep better. Your thinking is clearer. You, you get sick less often. I'm talking about things like the flu and the common cold. You greatly reduce your risk of, you know, major diseases and disorders. So <laughs> there, it's really hard to, I mean, it's, it's all one big piece of the pie, right? All these little things make up one massive reason to, to live and eat the whole food plant-based diet. Uh, I just don't see any argument against it. At least I don't see any valid argument against it. You're you're constantly bombarded by morons who, you know, give you bro science and try to tell you that you know you need animal meat or animal protein to to be healthy and to grow muscles and recover. It's just nonsense. It's, not, it's nonsense. You need a certain amount of protein, which is a lot less than we've made been made to believe, and you need a lot of micronutrients to help you know keep your systems running at an optimal level. But it's it's bananas to me that like I'll watch a commercial and I and they rely so heavily on protein. Well, this, you know, this craft protein pack has cheese and meat and nuts. So you can get your protein at any time no matter where you are. I, I, why is why is there this such a massive emphasis on protein? Now, I know the answer is because, you know, the dairy industry and the in the meat industry are pushing this because their products are high in protein. So they want to sell more product. But the truth is, we don't need that much protein. We don't need that much 
in our daily lives. It's just not necessary. I mean, when you, I, I don't know how many people, how many people out there are work out, you know, regularly, consistently. But when I was, when I was younger and I would go to the gym and come home and have a massive whey protein shake because that's what I was told I needed. So I'm getting like 60 grams of protein in one big shot in this, in this, uh, this, this smoothie when I got home from the gym. And then an hour later, I'm shitting it out on the toilet. It's just literally going through you and causing damage on the way through you. But you don't need that much protein. It's so, I mean, once your eyes are open to it, it's just, you'll see it everywhere. How protein is constantly pushed. And for no reason. Not necessary. But that's a different podcast. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic New Year's Eve. I'll see you guys in 2018. Any questions, comments, concerns, please, please email me. Get a hold of me through direct message on social media. Um, or you can just hit me up through the website. Until then, until 2018, go eat a salad.